Hello and welcome to our Wild Hearts with me, Lucy Slater. Join me week by week as we explore the transformative power of daily spiritual practice and mental well-being. Together we'll uncover the practical benefits and potential of different practices, empowering us to embark on a more vibrant, fulfilling and meaningful life. Welcome to our Wild Hearts, let's dive in and discover our true selves. Hello and welcome to another episode of our Wild Hearts with Lucy. Um, I'm really excited this week to have another wonderful guest with us and we have in fact, I love this name and I love that when you sent me your intro, you've actually written how I should pronounce it. And now I'm really terrified that I'm still going to make a complete hash of it. But it's Magara. Magara. Yes. And we've been chatting yeah. for like the last 20 minutes. And in that time, it didn't occur to me to double check how to say your name. But Magara Star, which is also like literally the coolest name. You should be like a famous rock star. Uh, Magara is a personal empowerment coach who works with science and spirituality to help guide others out of their darkness and into the light beings they truly are. And we absolutely had to have you on the podcast because I think you've got some really exciting stuff to share with our listeners. So you started your spiritual journey five years ago when you were deep in suffering mentally and physically and you were looking for answers to feel better. After being on the max dose of antidepressants and painkillers for years and not finding any answers within the Western medicine world, you looked into the cosmos of spirituality. So getting into the world of manifestation and energy healing, two of my favourite things. Magara found that she didn't need to live by the stories of her old labels anymore and has found strength in her differences and refuses to let anything hold her back from her dreams. Through years of meditation, shadow work and energy work, Meg has taken control of her life and found light so that she can be a guiding star in the darkness for others. Magara, welcome to the podcast. Yay! Thank you. Oh, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for having here. me. I'm so, so happy. Did I I warned you I'd do a hash of the intro? How did I do? Did I cover it okay? Yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the slight panic I had about how I hadn't checked on the Magara. But then you talk about Meg later. That would have been much safer for me. Yeah, I go, I, the Megara Star is the, like, the branding name, and then I just, I basically go by Meg. It's, it's, it's just the easiest. Oh, well, I'm super excited to have this chat. So, Meg, for you, like, so the point of this podcast is all about the different spiritual practices that exist and introducing them to people, because it's such a broad topic, and I think everybody comes at it from their own perspective, their own angle. And there's, there tends to be a bit of overlap, but we all look at it differently and everybody's daily practice or regular practice looks so different. So for you, you know, why do you think it's essential for people to be prioritising their mental well-being and using a spiritual practice? Like, Why do you think that's important? And what does your spiritual practice look like on a regular basis? Yeah, so I think it's super important that people have like a, a good mental health practice and and spiritual practice because it gives them something to do <laughs> like when when I was in my own suffering I I didn't do anything because I didn't think anything was going to help um because everything I tried wasn't working um but having a good mental practice has really trained me to really know that there is 
beauty and, and good things happening in the world because I've trained myself to do that. And when you're practicing that daily, it just makes it stronger and stronger instead of just, you know, you can only do something so many times before it actually sticks. Um, and I think having a good, like daily spiritual practice is really important because you get to connect with something bigger than yourself. When you think that you are the only thing in the world other than other humans going through the same process as you, then you don't feel as powerful as you could be because everything is on you. Um, so theoretically, you know, you should feel powerful if you think that you're in control of everything, but it's really heavy to feel that everything is up to you. So being able to give that up to a higher power and, and know that you are just taken care of in any choice that you make is just so helpful for your whole mental health. Just because like you have a bad day, you're like, mm, give it away and, and know that it's not ever like forever. It's not going to be your daily anymore because you know that there's, there's always something happening for you. Um, and I think that's really important, um, to know when things are bad, you're never going to have perfect days for your entire life. There's not a, there's not an end goal and date in healing. You're, you're just constantly going to keep going through it, but having those practices makes going through it a lot easier. Oh, that's such a great perspective. And I think in all the conversations I've had, nobody's really positioned it that way. And that's one of the reasons that I love this podcast, because you hear these different kind of stories. But what a wonderful thing to tell yourself, like, it's not all on me, you know, that there is some, you know, that the universe is there, it's got my back, everything's happening for me, not to me. Um, and such a great reminder. So what does your kind of regular practice look like? What tools do you use or kind of embedded? Yeah, so every single day, um, to the best of my ability, I journal at night um, to get all my thoughts down from the day, anything that, you know, pissed me off or made me happy. I like to add both of them. Um, I don't just, you know, want to focus on the one. Um and I, I get all of that mental energy out through the journaling. And then I also do um, a lot of shaking and um, dancing. We were talking about this earlier. I, I put on a fun song and I, and I just move my body for the whole song and get as much energy as I possibly can out. And that has helped in so many ways. Um, we were talking about how I had fibromyalgia, so I had a lot of pain in my body. And in going through this journey, I've, I've learned that, you know, those unexplained illnesses are generally a lot of just trauma and energy stored in your body that just needs to get out. So I, every single night, I'm just like, get out <laughs> and I shake and I get it out and, and I've, I've never felt better. And then I also do a lot of uh, yogic stretches every night um, to connect to my body as well. Um, and I, you know, I do that in front of my altar and I, and I make an intention for that practice. I don't just, you know, stretch to stretch though. Sometimes if I'm tired enough, I might. Um, but I always make an intention for everything I do is basically a spiritual practice. Going to the gym is a spiritual practice. Making breakfast is a spiritual practice. And I think that's really important because it makes everything you do sacred. And that's, 
special. It makes everything special and that's great. And then each month I also do like a new moon thing. Um, the new moon is one of my favorite things. It represents, you know, a new beginning. It represents darkness and the shadow and it's, it's very powerful. So I do a lot of ceremonial work around the new moon, setting really good intentions for the month. And that's something that's what I like started with was just new moon intentions. And now it's like one of the, the main pillars. So those are some of my spiritual practice. That's beautiful. Do you do any full moon work or is it just around the new moon? I do some full moon work. Um, full moons are about like letting go. Um, so I definitely do. I've done a lot of like burning bowl rituals around the full moon. Um, so, you know, you, you write down what you want to let go of and you burn it and it's really cathartic. Um, I also love to charge my, my water under the new moon. And then I like drink that for the, for the month. So that's always a fun practice to do. Sticking your crystals. Are you a crystal kind of lady putting your crystals out under a full moon? I am a crystal kind of lady. I, however, have so many crystals that I just forget and don't like it would be it would be so much work I'd have like to, the whole day to get all my crystals out to, <laughs> to where they could be charged it's I just hope for the best that they're charged how they need to be <laughs> yeah just give them a good old smudge they'll be fine wave around yeah. <laughs> um so you talked about a few different things that you said about the journaling and kind of the shaking and also the yoga with the kind of intentions how long does that whole practice last for you like how long are you dedicating to this every evening how does that fit into your life it's taken me a while to get to that long of a practice um yeah. it's you know it started with one thing and then you you know you have it stacked so you you put more things on top of it as soon as you've got that mm -hmm. um it also it depends on the day as well um like sometimes my journaling takes me a little bit longer to do if I'm not like super into it or I'm distracted. And then sometimes my stretching is a little bit more in depth than other nights. Like for the last week or so, I've been kind of sick. So I haven't done as, as deep of stretching. I haven't done as many poses or anything. Um, but I would say anywhere between like an hour to two hours, but that's my nightly routine. So as soon as I'm done with that, I'm in bed and I'm ready to go. So I, I started at a specific time and then whenever I get to bed, I get to bed. <laughs> What's your like non-negotiable of all the things like, you know, if you had to pick one that you were like, I couldn't go without that, that I have to do that every night without fail. I have decided that that journaling is I, I do a journal every single night, um, even if sometimes I don't want to stretch. Um, however, I do try to do something that still helps my body in a way. So I'll still do the, the, the shaking. That is a non-negotiable just, you know, dancing is easy, whether you feel like crap or not. And you just, sometimes you don't go as hard. Um, but if I don't do a lot of stretching, I'll use like a massage gun so that I'm still like honoring my body and like taking care of my body, because that was a huge step in my healing is that I needed to connect to my body. I was so far out of it that like we had so much disease that I just, we were at war with each other. And so I'm, I've always, my biggest healing thing is that I need to connect to my body. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? You know, kind of what was, what was the journey that you went on there? What was the turning point for you? So I, I have been diagnosed with fibromyalgia for probably about six or seven years. 
And then um, I also had like some severe mental health issues. I had chronic depression since I was a teenager. And then in about in 2020, I had a a scare with my health where I I had severe endometriosis. And that was after I had already had a, a partial hysterectomy for the endometriosis. So in 2017, I got my uterus removed. And then it all grew, like all the disease grew back by 2020. And so I needed to have another surgery. And I had fought with my doctors for over a year about things. And I got diagnosed with borderline personality disorder at the same time. So just everything was falling apart. My mental health, my physical health, it was all going down the drain. And I woke up from surgery. They were supposed to take my ovaries because I was under the impression that I was like, if you take my ovaries, it'll never grow back. It like my problems will be solved if you, if you take those and they promised to. And then when I woke up from surgery, they didn't. And I was so angry and I was so angry and I didn't really know what to do at that point because clearly Western medicine was like not helping that part, the physical health, as well as the mental health. I was, like you said in my intro, I was on the max dose of antidepressants and mood stabilizers. And I was still just like at, at the edge of my cliff. And at the, at this same time, I was like finding like manifest, like manifestation and spirituality. And I was like, I'm going to heal myself. I, I followed people that, that healed different illnesses themselves and doing spiritual work and energy work. And I've kind of dabbled in that. I did Reiki for like a few years ago and I knew that I felt good after that. And I'm just like, I will heal myself. So in 2020, I cold turkeyed all of my medications and I haven't been to a doctor since. So I've, I've definitely come a long way. Um, I don't, um, align with any of those diagnoses anymore. Um, I don't believe that I have fibromyalgia anymore. I go to the gym on a regular basis. I'm still, you know, I still feel some fatigue, but it's been, it's only been a few years. I'm still working through the healing. Um, and I definitely don't think that I have depression or borderline personality disorder anymore. I don't think those are something that I align with. And I haven't been on any medication for those and I haven't left this earth. So I'm, I'm clearly doing something right. Mm. So what tools did you incorporate? What were you doing that kind of helped you transition? Um, so when I, when I stopped taking my antidepressants, my go-to um, tool at the time was EFT tapping. It was, um, it was moving that energy around and feeling the, the meridian points and, and, and being in that meditative state of seeing the affirmations that really got me through that hump because I went through a huge withdrawal. Um, that's, you know, uh, they do that, but it only lasted for a few days. Whereas like some people, if you, you take those and like antidepressants, you, you can't, live through the withdrawals. That's just, that's how bad they are. But mine only lasted a few days. I was like meditating deeply. Um, 
And then once I got past that point, I was able to start looking at different um, modalities. Um, so I still use EFT tapping. I used to do that daily um, as part of the nighttime routine. Um, but now it's it's less of a daily thing. Though I think I, I should probably do it some more. It's really, it's a great tool. <laughs> um, but I also was participating in um, like breathwork, um, online breathwork ceremonies, um, which is one of my favorite tools. I think everybody needs to do it. <laughs> I, you can just move through so much energy and get so, so much emotions out of there. Um, because one of my, one of the things that I noticed with that is that my diagnoses, my mental health issues were because I wasn't feeling, I wasn't feeling anything. I was just pushing everything down and trying not to feel at all. And then numbing myself with all of those medications. And so when I started the healing journey, I knew that I needed to feel things, but you've got to do that in a safe way. You can't just, you know, blow up on everybody and, and say, I'm healing and just treat people like shit. And breath work is a really powerful tool to, to do that. Like you scream, you cry, you grunt, you, you do whatever, and you get all of that energy out. And it's just, it, it, it heals like three years of your life, I feel. <laughs> so if somebody's never heard of breath work before, what does that look like? What does that actually entail? So the breath work that I've participated in, I think they call it like transformational breath work. And it's like a three part breath. And it's the, it's two breaths in the belly and one to the chest and then one breath out. Um, and the, the ceremonies that I've been part of are anywhere from like 30 minutes to an hour. And, and they do, um, like a fun playlist and the person is like guiding you through it and saying affirmations as well. And I think you can find those online as well. Um, they're, they're great. Yeah, so it's breathing to music in a way that kind of opens the door to processing stuff that's trapped inside, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. When you kind of decided, because, I mean, for a lot of people, it's quite radical to go from having all of this medication and then saying, right, I'm going to stop. This is my choice. I, you know, what was the reaction to people around you? Was there fear around what you were doing? You know, were they concerned about what might happen? There was definitely a little bit of concern, especially because of how I was on the medication. Like I wasn't good on the medication. I was not anywhere near happy or even like just kind of going through the motions. I was still very bad. I was still, I was taking all of these medications and, and still wanted to die basically. And so I knew that going off of them, it wasn't going to be that big of a change because I was going to be either taking all of these meds and wanting to die or not taking all of these meds and wanting to die. And I was, I was willing to make, take that little risk and, and people were concerned, but because I was able to get through that process so easily for myself, like doing all of the, the EFT tapping and the meditating, people definitely like saw the change pretty fast that I was like able to get through it. And I think that really helped because um, I've had a lot of family members like really comment on how how different I am. And I, I love that. for I love that for me. That's so cool. So what's the kind of work that you're doing now to support other people? How does that, how does that look? What are you doing? 
Yeah. So I am, I'm, I'm in the process of starting my coaching business and I, um, I'm creating a course to, that's like a four week course to help people connect to their higher selves. Um, I think, um, being able to connect to yourself and your higher self is like the biggest hurdle that people need to, to get through because once you start like really connecting to you, anything is really possible. And so I, I, I'm working with parts work in that, um, and, and, and breath work as well as, um, some EFT tapping. Uh, and that's just like able to connect to yourself and be able to, um, like love yourself and, and empower you to do more. So what's parts work? What does that mean? I guess it would be considered a therapy, um, a, a therapist named Richard Schwartz coined it. And it's, it's a little bit like if the Disney Pixar movie inside out was real and you have all of these personalities inside your brain. Um, so for me specifically, it, it really resonated because I was diagnosed with the borderline personality disorder. And it, and that basically means that I have like really strong reactions to things. And like, I can like flip a switch um, and from one mood to the next. And it's, it's kind of scary. And parts work is that all of those reactions and all of these emotions that you have all have a different part of you inside. So you, you kind of meditate and you go into this like room basically where there are use other, other use, or even, um, I've heard people say that they just, they can like picture anything like a, a giant shark as part of that's their angry part. That's their, um, you know, the, the fight or flight part. And there's parts of you that are protecting you and they're protecting you by doing those erratic behaviors and, and, and keeping you from the things that keep you scared. Um, and then there's also the parts of you that are like the inner child work and you, you know, you take care of that. And the big part about parts work is that there's also the self, which is basically your higher self. And that self is how you can connect with the other parts and make them feel safe and make them feel heard because all of these parts in you are there for a reason. There was something in your childhood that made you feel unseen and now you needed to protect yourself and and caught and turn into this thing and when you can connect yourself to that to that part then that part starts to feel safe and no longer needs to react in the way that it was reacting before and you can start to change your personality basically by by making those parts feel safe and heard Wow. And you, you explore that through kind of different meditations, focusing on different aspects. Ooh. So that's something that you've experienced and now you're wanting to share that with other people to take them on that journey. Yeah, I've, I've done, um, a lot of my healing journey has been through doing inner child and like inner teenager work. Um, and then when I discovered parts work, it made a lot more sense. <laughs> and it's definitely something that I, every time I have a big reaction now to anything, I like step back and I'm just like, okay, what part of me is, is wounded by this thing? And what can I do to help that part? 
because now it's not just inner child, inner teenager. It could be anything at this point that could be a different part that needs to be heard. And so that's been, that's been a huge part of my healing is, is working with all of the different pieces of me and trying to get them whole again. See, for anyone listening along and kind of, you know, wanting to, to try something for themselves or feeling inspired, what, where would you advise them to start? Like with all the different beautiful practices that you have, um, I obviously don't want to advocate that people are on a lot of medication and go cold turkey like you and just think, oh, well, I heard this podcast and, and this girl stopped medication and started tapping. So we are not telling you to do that. <laughs> Work with your doctors. Um, but for somebody that wants to, you know, feel a little bit more in tune with themselves, you know, what would you kind of what would you recommend? What's your favorite tool? My favorite tool that's like the easiest to do would definitely be tapping because you can do that anywhere at any time. I've done it while in the car at a stop sign because I was so stressed about something. Um, And because you don't really need to do it for that long in order to feel something different. Um, And that's the beauty of it. And then the like the next I would go with would be journaling because you can get so much out of your brain in order to, in order to get it out. Because like a lot of people are having trouble sleeping and I'm just like, that's because you're thinking about so much, write it down and then it's out of your brain. Then you don't got to think about it anymore. There seems to be a real block with journaling. I find with people like you can give them, they would rather meditate or try tapping or, you know, but to get somebody to sit down and write stuff, I think, I don't know whether it's physically seeing the words on the page, feeling really vulnerable. You're like really, uh, you know, really face to face with some with your thoughts, which I think mm-hmm. can be quite conf- confrontational. Uh, and some of the kind of the, the prompts that I've given people is, you know, it's, this isn't a diary. This isn't like this isn't a record that you're going to go back to in six months time to reflect on that day in time. It can be. But like getting that conscious stream of thought onto paper you know, you could write with invisible ink. You could just do like one stream of writing that 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 doesn't end. That it doesn't have to be intelligible text. Um, but there seems to be this real blocker for people to actually pick up a pen and start writing. Did you find that, or was it something that was very natural to you? It was very difficult for me to get into a a a journaling everyday practice. Um, I I always wanted to. I was like, I need to journal. Um, what got me to do a lot of my practices ritually, um, is actually, I downloaded like a habits tracker app. So I had something holding me accountable because that's the biggest block of starting anything is that sometimes you do it for like a week and it feels really great. And then you stop for one day for any reason, and then you never do it again. And so I got a habit tracker because one of I'm not going to call it a character flaw, but one of the things that is a part of me is that I'm a, like a perfectionist. So if I have a really good streak going on, I'm not going to, I'm not going to break that by not journaling. (laughs) So I will, I will journal whatever I need to. Like sometimes it's not, you know, a full page of journaling, but I will get out what I need to get out and I call it a day. Yeah. And, and now that it's gone on for so long, like at first it's a, a ticket off and now it's a, I do this because I do this. Like I 
don't even care about the app anymore because it's already, it's part of my routine now. And that's, that's been the best, <laughs> the best for getting me to start new things. I think that's a really good tip, like for people to take away, if they take away nothing else, you know, to look into a habits tracker. And you said earlier on as well about that habit stacking, you know, that don't come to it with a view of like, I need to start doing, I need to do an hour long meditation and then be journaling and doing breath work. You know, like pick one thing. It could just be going for a walk in nature for 15 minutes. Like It could be something really simple. But to stack those habits, to use something like a habits tracker to keep you accountable, I think all of those are really helpful ways to kind of integrate these things and make them feel a more regular part of life. Right. One last thing I'm going to ask you before I let you go. You said as well about your altar. So tell us, what does your altar look like? What do you put on your altar? How often do you change your altar? Yeah, I love it. I love an altar. So my altar currently has... um lots of crystals on it as we talked about earlier um it has the i i always draw oracle cards um every single new moon and we just had one like a week or so ago um so it's got my new my oracle cards for the for the month um as well as um uh, childhood pictures of myself um because my inner child is sacred and and needs to be on there um I don't change it out too frequently other than like the new moon things. Um, I'm, I'm, I like it how I like it, but I will add anything. It's a, it's a kind of a maximalist sort of altar because anytime I find something new, I will put it there. (laughs) If I find a, yeah, if I find a feather on the ground, it goes on there. A shiny rock goes on there. Um, but it is like clean, but it's, it's very, it's very good. There's also a um a cheerleader bow on there currently because I did an inner child um meditation and she told me to do yoga because it was more like cheerleading. So I I have a cheerleader bow on there for her. Oh, yeah, I love um yeah, I love I love an altar. And I think it's just a really great way to kind of create a sacred space to have that focal point to have And I think the term altar as well can be a little bit, you know, if you've never had an altar before, it can feel a little bit overwhelming, but it could just be a candle. It could be just lighting a candle or um, an oracle cards as well. That can be like, what are oracle cards? And that, although they're horribly addictive, because once you have one pack, you start getting more and more. I have so many. (laughs) I have so many. But I think an altar is a really great way for people to have a focal point and to create that sacred space. So it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. But like you say, it's one of those things that can grow with time and that you slowly start finding things. And I think once you start becoming really intentional with that, new things start coming to you, whether it's the shiny rock or the new feather. Um, so, I, yeah, I really love that you mentioned that. So I wanted to come back to that before I... I let you leave us. Um, so if people want to find out more about doing some parts work with you or finding out a little bit more about this new course that you're going to be releasing, where can they find your details? Obviously, we'll put them in the show notes as we always do. But where's your kind of preferred channel for people to communicate and connect with you? Yeah, I am mostly on Instagram. Um, I do have a TikTok, but it's mostly for viewing. Um, <laughs> But my, my Instagram is just um, at the Megara star. 
Um, so it's pretty easy. Um, I've been posting lots of tips and tricks. I actually yesterday posted about a little, a funny reel about putting things on my altar. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, I, I post a lot on there about my healing journey, um, and how others can do the same. And so, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we will make sure that your Instagram link gets added so people can find out a little bit more about you um, and to connect with you and hear all of this really important work that you're doing, really exciting work that you're doing. And thank you so, so much for sharing with us today and being so honest as well, um, because I think, you know, it's really inspiring to hear other people's journeys and hopefully giving other people some ideas and things that they can explore and try so it's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast thank you and I hope you guys really enjoyed this week's episode Um, and we will hear from you next time thanks bye thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of our wild hearts if you enjoyed this episode then please make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes and don't forget to leave a review and share your thoughts Your feedback helps us grow and reach more hearts on this wild adventure together. Until next time, keep nurturing your wild heart and embracing the magic within you. From my wild heart to yours, with so much love, this is Lucy. Goodbye.